Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the movie that dares to ask, what could be scarier than a disabled person? Don't breathe. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, my co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I'm mostly scared slash awestruck at just how crazy ripped mid-60s Stephen Lang is. He appears to be a very strong man. Uh, <laughs> he is overpowering people 40 years his junior in this movie. And it's like, yeah, no, of course he's going to fucking destroy you. Look at him. He's going to break you in half. 13 reasons. Yeah. Uh, next up, my frequent collaborator, comics artist and certified vampire aficionado, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? <sighs> okay. Can I breathe now? <laughs> yes. Now you can breathe. It's advised when talking on the podcast to at some point breathe. Okay. Well, I'm breathing now, so that's a good sign. So we're we're cruising without a guest tonight. Usually we have guests pick up, uh, pick our movies. But since Don't Breathe 2 was coming out, and this was a movie that actually none of us had seen um, that did really well in theaters, we wanted to take a look at it, especially since it does deal extensively with disability, which is something that... Uh, you know, in a lot of the movies we talk about is the one that it's like, well, it doesn't really deal with this. Um, and this one does. It doesn't deal with spoilers. It doesn't deal with people of color or uh, queer people at all. But to, to tell you a little bit about it, uh, it is called Don't Breathe. It is directed by Fede Alvarez. Uh, it is written by Fede Alvarez and Roido Sayogues. It stars Stephen Lang, who you may know from uh, Avatar, the ones with the blue guys, not the ones with the airbending. Uh, he's also Freddie Lowndes in the original Manhunter, which I feel like is uh, is a thing that's important to this podcast. That's that's um, a callback. That's a hardcore callback. But yeah, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, it, it also stars uh, Jane Jane Levy, who is in the Evil Dead remake. She's also the Zoe of Zoe's Extra, uh, Extraordinary Playlist, and Dylan Minnette, who is in. Uh, the American remake of Let the White Right Let the Right One In, Let Me In. He's also Jack's son on Lost, and he's Thirteen Reasons, uh, as as Ben said. And then we have uh, Daniel Zavato, who we've already talked about because he was Greg and It Follows. Um, unfortunately, was he really? Holy shit! Yeah, unfortunately, his part is what? not as nuanced in this movie. Yeah, wait. He plays a man by the name Money. He is just exists to be hated in this movie. Yeah. Was Greg if, the hot one? Uh, he was the hot yes. one. He was the snack? Shit. He was. Yeah. Not very snacky here. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, like he's, money. going to be a difficult part of the movie to talk about, too. Money exists to be contemptible and then be someone to die at turn of act one to let you know that, like, Oh shit, Stephen Lang's for real, but you know he started with a character I already hated. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's the character who, when they show up at the beginning of the horror movie, you're like, oh, that guy's going to die. Yeah, um, he, you hope. Yeah, he's he's it's there. Every, yeah, it's every act one death flag you can set off. Yeah, he is there so that they can prove that you know this guy can kill people. Uh, 
also you won't miss him. <laughs> you, you still have the people you're going to cheer for. Really doesn't have a single action or line in the movie that doesn't make you hate him just a little bit more than you did before. Or even yeah. a look like he he feels like he's appropriating those cornrows real hard. He should not have those cornrows. Yeah. And look, there's the cultural appropriation <laughs> issue. And then there's the he looks just fucking terrible with them issue. He, I mean, he's, is, he's not so pulling rough. it off. Because, like, he is the only non-white person in this. Um, yeah. He is, I, I don't know what he's supposed to be in the movie. The actor, I believe, is... Uh, Costa Rican. Um, Costa Rican, okay. And the director for this movie is from Uruguay? And, like... Well, there's a moment where, like, he's looking up the address and he's looking up the news story again, some backstory on Stephen Lang's. And then the flash, like, the headline right next to it is... Like illegal immigrant does double homicide. I'm yeah. like, you had to choose that. Why? Why did you choose that? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too, and I was just like, does this have anything to do with anything? No, maybe I don't know. Like the the movie came out March of 2016. It had to be in like May 2015, but still, like, just so close to just whenever when that like start of the awful era like it's just such a weird choice yeah it's an uncomfortable choice yeah, yeah. and i mean it, it's coming from you know uh, a director and you know a, a two writers including the director who who are you know south american are latinx like i don't i mean if if like if this was a, a white writer director i would be like this is a hate crime like <laughs> oh yeah the, I mean... <laughs> the casting of this one latino character to be just the the worst and most hateable and like to be both a gangster in the way that he like treats the other two the two white characters but also to be so clearly like not as hard as he plays that he is um like he's he's uh, he's everything wrong with this one and like if it was yeah, I, I don't even know. I can't begin to. If, if it was a white writer or and or director, I would have so many issues. As is with two with uh, two South American creatives, I just have questions. This movie does pose a lot of questions, and and this character is like as stereotypical as you can get. Like this this character came off of some sort of say no to drugs PSA. From He's, 1990s, yeah, this three will push shit. marijuana on his, you know, middle school cousin. He's like, the one kind of, bad. of the main characters that we get no backstory or his life outside of it. He's just crime dude who loves doing crime. Now he knows yeah. Raul. He is. He is. A, They're as, a mutual friend through crime. As so many of the movies we talked about, that we have issues about where there is a black best friend or something like that. They just sort of appear in the lives of these white people, uh, having no no existence other than that. The only scene we see with just him is him talking to the fence that they're selling stolen stuff to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, that mostly just establishes, like, look at just how into being a criminal he is. He yeah. loves it. He's going to do it and more also crime. not good at it. Um, yeah. There's there's another detail that I think is important to share about the uh, the creative team. And this isn't so much creative, but but it shows because Sam Raimi was one of the producers. Yeah, now, I think I it's because it's it's Ghost House Productions, which is okay. I think his um, his his thing. Um, there were a yeah. lot of homages to his particular style of zooming in on things a lot. 
Well, and this is coming right after Fede Alvarez had just done the Evil Dead remake, also uh, yeah. with the same uh, you know lead female Jane Levy. So I wonder um, if that's like, oh, I'm still intentionally doing Evil Dead, or if that's just now part of Fede Alvarez's directing style. Like it's just part of his DNA now. You know, I, I think reading interviews with him around this, uh, boy, I have a little, some things to say about that. But there's. Um, he very specifically said, you know, he wanted to do this movie. He wanted to do a movie that was smaller and less supernatural and not a remake, something that was original because he felt like coming out of Evil Dead, people were like, oh, well, he's just the guy who made a movie that had already been made and was pretty good to begin with. Um, so, you know, that that seems to be why he took this on and you know, uh, Sam Raimi and them seemed to have backed him because, you know, of Evil Dead. Again, um, big success, made almost $160 million on a $10 million budget. Yeah. I mean, this a, movie or Evil Dead? Movie. No, Don't Breathe. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if it says anything, Don't Breathe got a sequel, Evil Dead has not that we know of. As for the what it's about of this movie, the IMDb analysis says, hoping to walk away with a massive fortune, a trio of thieves break into a house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems, which is a great description of the first two acts of this movie. Yup, um, and then it takes <laughs> a turn. Yeah, because I at this point I think we're gonna cut the. Uh, not talking about things because I want to say if you don't want to know anything about this movie going in and you don't care about triggers, then fine. Go ahead and go do it right now. If not, I do want to say there is a trigger that's a spoiler in here and that is that the twist is rape. The twist is rape and forced impregnation. The the twist should never be rape. The third act twist should never be rape. I'm just going to put that out there bad twist yeah and it is it is intensely triggering in terms of the visuals it's not just talking about it it is there's a lot of stuff visually which is not very much not not good (laughs) Um, imagine uh, again this the role that rape plays in this movie is the same plot role that you get from get out when it's like no we're taking over your body and that what is body possession here is just just rape. Don't breathe. Yeah, yeah it's bad. Well, there's, it already start like there's a there's a point where the movie is like, oh, okay, this is slightly different than I thought it was going to be, and then it completely takes a fucking nosedive. Yeah, and- there's like you get one twist that's like, okay, this guy's violent and disturbed on a whole other level, just a blind guy willing to defend himself at any cost. Yeah, uh, and taking home invasion very seriously, and then it's like, what if we up that twist right off a fucking cliff? Yeah, this because I, I will say just to go ahead and put it out there: other trigger warnings. There is ableism. We talked about rape. There's dogs. There's violence, but mostly it's the ableism and rape. The dog. Oh boy, I love dogs. This dog, fun, not a great actor, because it's clear that they use multiple dogs in this as well. Because there will be several takes where it's like. Scary dog, scary dog, scary dog. This very happy dog is trying to get you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happy doggy. I it's, was you so... know, we talked about the the dog in Resident Evil, and this dog is like they intend like they have, you know, several scary dog shots of you know the camera right in the dog's face, dog foaming everywhere. And then like the dog actually tries to get the actors, and it's clear that like their tongue is lolling out and they're very excited to jump on their their buddy. And it yeah. suddenly goes from very sp- scary to like. I had in my notes at several dog. points. I'm so glad at nobody at any point tries to hurt the dog 
all of the plans just involve trapping the dog. Well, she does punch the dog at one point. He does punch the dog, but that was more of a no. You you stop that. I mean, I mean it's, it, is, it is, is a Rottweiler at that point. The dog is trying yeah. to bite her face. Um. Yeah, even though the rest of her body is a lot closer to the yeah. dog, but you know, maybe the dog is trying to lick her face. Like, yeah. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen Green Room, but I remember Green Room not being as sparing to the dogs as they are in this movie. Oof, oof. Uh, yeah, this Green this Room is... is just rough in a lot of ways. Green room is wowzers. Yeah. Um, but the, this dog does not die. No. Apparently, okay. it makes it to the sequel. Yeah, the dog's in the sequel. <laughs> At least in the in, the, in the preview. The All eight yeah. dog actors reprising their role. No, I I do want to say there's been in in reading up on this movie, there was a lot of talk about the trailer in which the trailer really plays up the blindness of the main character as sort of like a monster feature almost which is like bad trailer <laughs> like yeah the trailer has lines in it that are not in the movie in the dark the blind man is king and lots of like um, oh i'm glad that line what? wasn't in the movie yeah that's, that's like in that's I... on the poster and like in the original trailer and then in the trailer has a thing where like he turns off the lights on them and he's like now you see what i see that's they not in the movie either they yeah. used that in the trailer for the sequel. Yeah, what the, the same yeah, yeah, yeah. in the trailer for both, even though people were like, in the first trailer, they were like, hey, uh, that's fucked up. Like, I, I will say, I do feel like Stephen Lang's character is less a character, and the movie does treat him more as a monster and his blindness as like a monster condition. Like this I mean, movie feels like it's structured like a puzzle. Like there is an unstoppable, unkillable force in the house and you're trapped in the house and he can't see anything. And that's the one thing as you sneak around the monster, like doesn't feel like a human being in this yeah, movie. He feels like a unkillable bad guy from a like horror video game, right? Where yeah. like you can't yeah. kill him. You have to sneak around him. And that's the puzzle of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, which is why there's, it's there's a so... lot to talk about, about him. And I mean, first of all, he's billed as the blind man. He doesn't have a name yeah um that's pretty much his, his defining character he also very rarely talks and when he does he has a very distinctive voice that is unaccounted for he's in halfway to a bane voice yeah he's got like a demonic voice yeah and for the whole first f- couple of acts of the movie he doesn't say anything really that is multi syllabic you know like he says no and but otherwise he's just grunting and and looking around so he's very like dehumanized he's he's literally a monster crouching like he's some sort of animalistic monster is it bad to say i i was more on his side before he started talking i mean (laughs) like once he started talking with like once he starts saying creepy stuff with a weird creepy voice i'm like ooh, lesson to you I mean, Should let me ask you guys talking. this. Did you find any characters in this movie to be likable? The little sister. The little sister who's in it for like two minutes. Two minutes, yeah. Like 15 seconds at the beginning and the dog. The end. Yeah, I'm going to go with the dog. Yeah, the little sister also, yeah, I mean, she she did I nothing wrong. At least with Jane Levy's character, we get some background on why she's doing this and what her goals are. 13 Reasons seems to live a very comfortable middle class life based on the glimpse we see of him. Yeah. So it's really not clear why he's just doing crime, except for that he's got a crush on Jane Levy. 
Yeah, I mean, so let's break it down. We have the the three main characters. We have Rocky, who's played by Jane Levy, um, who is basically Nancy Downs from The Craft, except yeah. she's into stealing instead of magic and has a <laughs> shitty boyfriend instead of three girlfriends. Like, And has a story about her mother locking her in the trunk because she cried too much after her dad left. Yeah. Which so is she's a Tyler Perry than... level of melodrama. I mean, we get the mom for like 30 seconds and it and she's just the worst of the worst. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, it's Nancy Downs' mom. And I'm like, no, no, and I cross it out. Worse than Nancy Downs' mom. Yeah. At least at least Nancy and her mom had kind of a an agreement that the dude sucked. In this case, um, Rocky's all on her own. I um, kind of feel like Dan- Dylan Minnette's character felt more like a final girl than Rocky, even though Alex does very much not make it to the end yeah um we talk about the main the the main villain being blind but obviously our protagonists quote unquote quote 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 unquote, protagonists are colorblind because there are red flags everywhere that they just cannot pick up um about a lot of things and yeah. a lot of these everything situations. everything about this house is like fuck around and find out and yeah. then every step they just go like let's fuck around Real One of the quick, wild things we... to me is, is after I watched this, I was reading a lot of reviews about it and people kept referring to Alex as being Rocky's boyfriend, which is not the case. Yeah, it's like money is, not the case. Money is Rocky's yeah. boyfriend. Alex is like super on that nice guy tip. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Really, like to the point that money is like, you just stay in the friend zone, buddy, at one point in the movie. And it's like, no, this is so, so unself-aware in the way that like, you know, things like Anna and the Apocalypse and Jennifer's Body are are self-aware about the nice guy tropes. This movie is absolutely not. Hey guys, yeah. what if love triangles are bad, actually? Yes. What do you mean if? Um, <laughs> we didn't talk about the scare level of this movie yet. I would I've, call this solidly scary. Yeah, I'd, until that third act, which it, at which point it gets existentially terrifying. Well, to me, it's existentially disappointing. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I it just it was such a what the fuck horribleness that it took me so far out of the movie. Yeah, well, even even before that, I wasn't sure who the movie was trying. I mean, I Rocky was the was sort of solidified as the protagonist to me in the beginning even though you know she's not great at making decisions but um the the other character like very few of the characters are are interesting even to the point of like they're not even likable they're they're just they're not even interesting like i honestly enough about them i honestly thought we were focusing more on so much on alex at the beginning because the movie wanted to just like twist us out and have him be the first one to get killed. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a slightly, I don't know. I don't know if it would have been more or less predictable. I but I don't think I could have taken money for another half an hour. Yeah, I'm That's really true. glad that money left but us the first. Alex step. is apparently doing the robberies for his dad, but we never see his dad. And apparently the way they're doing the robberies is by is in a way that would also definitely get his dad sent to jail if caught. Yeah, yeah Alex's and Alex's situation is really unclear, unclear because it is it is unclear how he knows these other two people. Um, he 
is clearly into Rocky, but we don't know how he got involved in crimes because he is his dad works for the security company and he's like stealing people's keys and breaking into stuff when they're not home and he knows they're not home because of the security company. Uh, and also Rocky and Money are planning to leave. Like Rocky's whole thing is getting out of Detroit, getting away from her sucky family with her, you know, her good little sister. But um, we don't know why Alex is doing any of this, except he has a crush on Rocky. And we don't, he keeps saying that he can't leave with them because of his dad. And that's, that's all. They don't expound on that. We never meet his dad. His dad is not a character in the movie. Yeah, he just does. We never even see him. I feel like the most relatable character and the biggest energy is the little sisters. Just what a bummer energy to being told that there's no surfing in Michigan. Yeah, Yeah, I mean that that um... just just the the cynical disappointment of a of a forty year old on the seven year old's face. Yeah. Yeah, um, you can just get on a jet ski on a Great Lake or something. Come on. Yeah, you can windsurf. There's wind. Yeah, I also mentioned in the in the notes that Alex doesn't have a nickname. Everybody else has nicknames and Alex doesn't, which there's no wonder because there's nothing to Alex to like nickname. He is yeah just generically twenty something. Um, thinks he's nice white boy who is only seems to be involved in this as far as we can tell to save Rocky, the girl he has a crush on. And also to quote like page and verse uh, legalese about what they can and can't get arrested. Although he goes back and forth on that a lot. So, um, I mean, I have a few ideas. And the 13 Reasons is a good nickname. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) Also, uh, you know, Nice Guy. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Indecisive. Chip. Chip. I mean, uh, he just happens to be the only reason he's not a chip is that he's too tied to the plot. And he, he has also, all the hallmarks of a chip, except he except he he is also being hunted by old man Murdoch. If at some point in the middle of the movie, he tried to make out with Rocky and was like, why don't you get over the fact that your boyfriend died an hour ago? Then he'd be a chip, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. There wasn't really a lot of character tension it was just we have to get away from this dude i mentioned in the notes here um alex is probably the one who would benefit from anonymity the most what with being connected to somebody who is working for the security company i have never i like i'm sitting here i am like what about why are what if they have simply safe like what do you what about the cameras are you guys gonna like just go around with your big faces out um well my guess is that he's like because there is a customer of his dad's security companies, and I guess he just knows that his dad's security company is shitty and doesn't have any of that stuff. Or I guess yeah. you know, they can be choosing places that don't have cameras, I guess. Um, really, they should, as soon as it was like, oh, wait, this guy has four locks and lives on a creepy-ass neighborhood by himself. Let's just get the fuck out. Yeah, and I mean, their decision is that they're going to rob this blind man that they've determined has money because his daughter was killed in a hit and run by a rich girl and to get away with it they just basically paid him off um i guess you know it didn't well, it didn't go through in in criminal trial but i guess he got a bunch of a big settlement from them in yeah, in I civil court also had a question if the writers of this movie know how much they know about criminal versus civil court 
because you took the settlement, Stephen Lang. Like either you got a settlement or she was found innocent. I guess I just need more legal lore. Yeah, I mean, they there's a place that's in the movie where it says that she was found innocent of which of a, killing also him. not how it works. You are not declared innocent. You are declared not guilty. Yeah, very important distinct, very important distinction in our legal system. There's a lot of you can be they, found not you can be found not guilty of vehicular manslaughter while still being very guilty while still being very not innocent of having killed someone with your car. Yeah, I'm also but, very unclear on their plan here because they're going on the idea that this guy had a two hundred fifty thousand dollars settlement because his daughter was killed. They don't know where it is. You know, if if he has it in cash somewhere, they apparently have never conceived of the idea of a bank account. Like they're like, oh, clearly he got $250,000. So it must be somewhere in his house lying around in cash. And so we're just gonna, I guess, ransack the entire house to find this money because they have no concept of where it is. And luckily the plot is such that the guy just shows them. I feel like they're treating him like he, like the war he's a veteran of is World War II and he comes from, pre like great depression i don't trust the banks like it's the gulf war yeah like yeah he lost his sight in the 90s which you don't get gulf war very often in media it's more and more these days but um the timing matched up yeah also i don't know what these kids are thinking but this amount of money is not going to get them very far in california if they plan to stay yeah the the two hundred fifty thousand dollars wasn't going to do much for them what they end up finding is like a million, what, which is never explained. What they don't mention, yeah. though, actually, it'll be fine because what they don't mention is that they're going to Sacramento. So that's going to get them real far. <laughs> <laughs> or Bakersfield. Yeah. yeah. They didn't say where in California they're yeah. going. I mean, Sacramento. Lots of surfing in Sacramento, right? <laughs> we got the rivers. We got two rivers. The rivers. We got the, surf river. the rivers of Sacramento. And the other river. They're Surf going the to vineyards. where they're going to wherever they filmed a girl walks home alone at night. That's Bakersfield. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yes. Sir. Yeah, Sacramento. I mean, there's areas of Sacramento. I mean, they could probably go to like Rancho Cordova or like West Sac or Rio Linda. Can move uh-huh. to Chico and live like kings. <laughs> the first thing they decide to do is drug the dog, which is good because they don't kill the dog. They drug the dog. And that is where their plan ends, apparently, because they do well, not no, they know also... why this place has so many locks. Uh, they do not attempt the front door. They go, they go and try the storm cellar at one point. They can't get in that. They go and try the back door. They can't get in that. Eventually, they sneak Rocky in one of the like windows. The house is fucking creepy as all shit. Like, yeah, it's in the well, middle of nowhere. Je- Jeremy, their their plan has two phases. There's drug the dog. And then fail to drug Stephen Lang with a homemade Geneva Convention breaking chemical weapon attack? It, I don't know what's in that. I don't understand what Money's plan is. He doesn't say it out loud. What he is just, I think they call it a chloroform bomb. I, I don't know if that's how chloroform works. He drops, he basically puts a fucking Altoid in a Pepsi bottle and then he's like, and then it, smoke comes out. And then it doesn't work. And they don't say why. Like I have yeah. to assume not be due to Stephen Lang's ingenuity, but purely due to money's incompetence. Like he I, got this whole plan from fucking Yahoo Answers. The the other thing is money 
I don't know what the deal is with money. Cause like when we first see them, they're like, they're, they're uh, breaking into some affluent apartment or house or something. And money is pissing everywhere. Although the expression he's making seems to suggest that he is in, in more ecstatic than just pissing. Maybe he had a big drink of water that day. I don't know. They had him make that face and then they showed the stream that was coming out and boy, were those two things like, in the split second moment, difficult to parse out. Yeah. And this is not the only time that nut will come up. I'm so sorry. Like I definitely had that split second decision of like, wow, is money coming a solid stream? Wow. (laughs) At least there's no hair in it. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, as they break into this house, this is an extremely inconsistent thing about this movie is this movie will consistently tell us that the blind man can hear your your breath and can like smell your boots feet um can can smell your your boots but can't smell your stinky feet when you're right next to his face this movie made me so mad at that because it's so inconsistent yeah it's it's wildly inconsistent because they are they might as well be banging his pots and pans as they come into this house they are that loud um it is it is fucked up and bad and uh then it's like it's over because they find a house they find a room that has like a padlock on the outside and instead of being like well this is fucking weird uh clearly we should not go in that room they're like well this must be his money room this is fucking scrooge mcduck we're dealing with he's just got a (laughs) bin of money in here that's locked up um let's let's go in the room that's locked first of all i know that sound design is selective but you are not convincing me in any way shape or form that this old ass dilapidated detroit house in the middle of nowhere is not creaky as fuck yeah they creaky only comes up once in the whole movie like somebody steps end, back in a board creaks and it's like really though you guys have been like tromping like, through this house the entire every time. step like, yeah the i understand it doesn't have a floor like it's, this should have been the creek city yeah and and they really like they really play up this there's nobody left in this part of Detroit. It's just this one old man that's on this entire block. Everything else is dilapidated around him. Also, I do want to go back to this like there's a scene where they're casing the house and they've put like a money has put a camera across the street to watch the house and he goes and he goes and pulls it down and gets back in the car and tells the three of them, "Oh, like he hasn't come out of the house all these 3 days. Here, watch this uh, watch this sped up video that I just edited on my phone, I guess. Um, <laughs> that was Mickey's and, true gift. He was a genius video editor. Yeah. And, and that was like, money. While, while they're talking, money Mickey the is. dog jumps at their window and the blind man is there just walking around outside with his dog. And it's like, I thought he hadn't been out of the house in three days. Like, well, now also, he's walking the dog? Yeah. Question. What has the dog been doing for locked in the house for the last three days? Yeah. Has that dog just been shitting for three days? I mean, it has the little side yard, but still, like, that's that's a fucking Rottweiler. Like, that dog needs to be walked. And obviously, yeah. this dog is, is in good shape because it can crawl through ducts. No. Oh, my God. When the dog went into the duct, I'm like, I had that in my notes. Just like, that dog looked so fucking happy to be in those vents. He was like, Wee! <laughs> He was having a field day. He was a happy. He's doing uh, the trick that he got taught to do running through the vents. And it was like, 
He was so excited. He was going to run through those vents. And she looks back like, oh, no, the dog's coming. And then it cuts to the dog. And the dog's like. (laughs) 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 Her feet smell like sausage. What would have been better if, A, like how they did in the movie where it's like everyone else is gone, that he's the only one in this whole neighborhood. Or if all of those neighbor, like houses had been full of families who just heard and saw everything going down. It was just like, not our bag. Not our fucking problem. There's multiple fucking gunshots. That's the Ginger Snaps neighborhood, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe the guy's a were dog. You never see him and the dog in the same shot. Yes, you do. Oh. You see them together in so many shots. Absolutely do. Do you? He's walking the dog in the first time he appears. But maybe he's a ninja. (laughs) He calls the dog away. Can't you see the dog with the dog the in dog. the sequel. Uh, I well, well, that's the trailer. It could be the, a different dog. This is, be- this is the best fucking theory that he's a were dog. Yeah. I love this so much. Listen, he's a were- first of all, he's a were dog, and he's obviously a ninja, a very selective ninja because he can do the hearing and stuff sometimes. But that's when he's not doing ninja doppelganger technique with his dog self. Or well, wait. I also have questions about when this. Do we know what year this woman killed his daughter? Because I want to know. Because he had to have been making those home videos after he was already blind. Some There was a woman involved in the videos. Yeah, we don't know yeah, how long true. he was Maybe blind was or filming. what happened to his wife. Yeah. Well, he had to have been blind at least since 91. He yeah. Has, he has a shit ton of pictures in his house for somebody who cannot see. They are framed and hanging and sitting everywhere throughout his house There's, sometimes upside down he has, living here. he has at one point he turns on the light to the basement i'm like why why you turn on the light to the basement you don't need that in your weird to help you find your ladder in your weird definitely not osha approved basement pit yeah i i don't know if this is common in michigan but i have never been in a house where the basement is one open piece of wood over a, a floor and then a ladder to climb down to that basement not it's even in front of the hazard not even in front of the piece of wood but on the wall so just an open pit it's, yeah it's just a, like it's a dead man's door but there's a ladder there like how you're supposed to get on that i don't know and like so did you buy the house with that or steven lang was that part of your like i'm a kidnap a lady I need a basement pit. Yeah, so that's the twist is that there's a there's a lady down there and it's kidnapped a lady. We'll get to that because first money has to die and before money dies, money has to drug the guy. And then the thing is that then money tries to open the door to money this. can open the door. Pulls it's out a, a gun of... and decides the best way to do this isn't a crowbar or a fucking axe or any of the power tools they've seen that this man has, but to shoot the lock on the door. Uh, to which Alex is like, "Oh, you weren't supposed to bring a gun. I'm leaving. Uh, yeah. This this crime just got more criminal than no, I'm ready for." None of these master thieves apparently thought to maybe bring bolt cutters. Alex is such a mansplainer, though. You know it. Like he read some shit on Wikipedia, and now he's using all, the, all of this like really, really uh, two dimensional uh, reasoning <laughs> to be like, "I just don't want to be part of this anymore." The movie goes out of its way to make sure you know that money's death is entirely legally justified. Did anyone else get a little bit of a good jump scare when money's in the bedroom with the creepy home videos? And again, home videos are just inherently creepy, especially yeah. in a dark room. Home videos are terrifying. In this, and then, in this case, yes. And then Stephen like, is just sitting up, like staring straight at him. Like, 
that was that got that got a good scare out of me. Yeah, that was part of being blind is you don't make any sound when you um, which is a thing with this dude because he just shows up in doorways and sits up without like rumpling covers. He doesn't, you know, make any footsteps unless he really wants to. Um, he pops up all over the place like like a ninja. Busy just shaking up, like making this very loud fizzy sound with his fizzy drink to make the chloroform bomb or whatever didn't mix anything together just took a regular energy drink and cracked it open that's just how much smoke comes out of those yeah that's, well that's i mean happens. if you if you don't drink a monster you just spray a monster into the air it yeah. has the opposite that's what happens puts you to sleep look lee leave a venom in the sun for two leave one of them venoms or whatever the fox called in the sun for two weeks open it up that's what comes out just pure mustard gas well that's the thing is that those things are just canned sleep so if you don't imbibe it then it'll come out and put you to sleep because all the but, extra sleep that you that is undigested just multiplies the only selfless thing mo- uh money does is while steven lang is just choking him right the fuck out he lies and says he's the only robber in the house uh, yeah. a lie that steven lang doesn't completely dispel until he smells a whole lot of feet yeah even though he walks right by alex and i'm certain alex is wearing axe body spray and he is unsmelled like dude walks right just like it's like fucking alien three like right up there and he might as well just be like and like right in his in his ear hole or whatever and then just right on by walks on down the hall yeah so they they don't find the location of the safe they do find the locked place uh they the money immediately pulls a gun and immediately gets shot with his own gun by this guy um, who then moves on to dispose of the body and then decides to go check his safe, which turns out is in the closet where girl is hiding out, which was inside the wall. They never would have found it. Never. Zero percent chance. They would have been searching. Even if their plan had gone off without a hitch, they would have spent all night utterly failing to find the safe. Eventually, they decide the only way they can get out is to go into the basement because the storm cellar has a latch on the inside. So from the inside, they can actually get out. And uh, this is where they meet the uh, the girl who who killed his daughter, who is now locked up in the basement, um, and uh, is in like a, a padded room that he's made for her on a harness um, tied to the ceiling. Surrounded by plants in the basement. Now, first of all, those are some. I, I'm. Those plants were blooming. I don't know how the fuck he managed to get those plants to photosynthesize in the fucking basement, where the only lights are those like five super slow, warm up, like old ass ballast uh, fluorescent lights that were oh, just over the girl in her weird like couch pad normally that's the kind of thing that to me would fall under suspension of disbelief but this movie has gone out of its way via creepy home video to tell us exactly what plants need to thrive and grow (laughs) yes it established this movie has in universe established what it needs and he doesn't have i didn't see enough soil i didn't see like sunlight the little his dead daughter could tell him these plants won't grow right I don't know what the fuck he's I could have worded that less weirdly and crassly, but I, is... I'm sticking with how it turned out. Stick with it, because, like, I mean, I think this guy is magical. Like, I think he's using some kind of magic. 
Because there's yeah. either that or he is just at like the garden supply store, like everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And he's so they find the girl in there, which I was like, oh, the twist. He it really like, is a, 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 you know, he really is a man who has gone too far. Like this. Yes, this girl killed his daughter. Um, and he's getting revenge. He's got her locked up here. And it is unclear why she is just locked up and not being killed. Um, and when they try to break out with the girl, she does, in fact, get shot uh, by by the blind man. And then he openly Who weeps over her dead body. teleported around. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have the keys to get out. Like, the, the protagonists have the keys. He has barricaded everything inside. He has still somehow gotten out and around the house in the time it took them to unlock this lock this but is also, also speaking, like speaking this is where, where he gets like the flowers when he you think like with all the power tools you think some way there's like some guys at home depot going like hey is it okay how many diy projects of power tools this blind man's doing i mean there's a lot of fucked up basements in fiction so you know i guess in fiction world nobody asks questions because like at this point like this basement is fucking immense and i who is the contractor that built this basement yeah um i'm assuming it's him i'm assuming he built this crazy fucked up basement uh you know it's it's a weird it's a weird thing at least for the first two thirds of this movie of like trying to figure out like where you're like hey this is like working against this stereotype of blind people as needing pity or blind people as you know not being able to do things themselves obviously this guy is super capable to the point of being sort of the the bad guy in this and like yeah this you know, is... these guys are robbers we don't really feel bad that they're getting killed other than you know the the base level of feeling bad we do about you know people is there a stereotype killed. for blind people as unstoppable killable machines is that one of the stereotypes i no, mean I, I feel like that's a I don't want to say a service this movie is doing, but like, you know, they're, they're portraying him as being capable and as being able to, um, you know, take on these useless 20 something kids on his own, um, you know, in a way that feels like, feels like the people who made it meant for it to be empowering, um, which like, I don't know, maybe could work if it weren't for the last third of this movie. Yeah. Well, like this, sorry. Oh, well, there's this also the the problem um, of the like super disabled person, you know, like you have you have the the blindness as, you know, just a means to a superpower like, you know, with Daredevil. Daredevil is a different sort of beast, of course, because, uh, you know, it's a superhero comic and all that kind of stuff. And they they talk about the blindness and they they, you know, especially with his um his you know matt murdoch identity in this case it see it's so inconsistent and then also dehumanized and just like it's it's basically he's the monsters from the descent yeah he's like those monsters yeah. from the descent um yeah i was gonna say he's got the D- detroit zatoichi thing going on like, yeah, yeah yeah but like even i mean zatoichi had pathos like the you know these characters these other characters have pathos Matt Murdock has pathos. This guy, you know, who knows what the fuck? He's basically like blinds Buffalo Bill. But even Buffalo Bill had more fucking personality that this guy has. I do like that originally where it's just he is a crazy, prepared, super tough, super like badass, like who is fighting off these home invaders who have invaded and then like 
who have invaded his home and then robbed like and then completely robbed him. And there's that element. And then it kind of works. And I do like when they get to the basement and they discover the woman who killed his daughter as the twist to be like, oh, this is not just a competent, tough military man. This is a vengeance fueled murder monster. We are dealing with like true horror movie monster villain. And then it's like, what if we one up that? And it's like, no, you one upped yourself right over the shark. Yeah, well, the, the having the having a fucking hostage in the basement is like the the, the whole situation was just really, really weird and how it was presented because the, the girl was gagged um, and she was on this like she was locked into this harness, which I guess. I don't know how that's supposed to work, but she's locked in a harness. It was very effective. That was, oh, that was very disconcerting. Did not like that. I mean, there's there's a point where this movie is basically a inverse version of Falling Down or The Brave One or Taxi Driver, for that matter, where it's just like, this guy has been pushed too far and now he's going to take out these, you know, robbers that have finally tried to victimize him one last time. And I'm kind of okay with that movie uh, other than some of the like inconsistencies, except that like, so before before we get to the really rough part of this movie, um, we do have this blind basement scene where like they're running from him and he's turned off the lights, and it's super incredibly filmed in like this night vision that is it's one of the creepiest scenes in the movie. And at that point, like, mm-hmm. it was a point. I think that was my like high point with the movie. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh yeah. yeah, this is going really great. They've done a really good job of making this scene scary. You know, it's still probably a little ableist, but like, just you know, they've a, they've given the the guy some some reason to be. Just from a filmmaking standpoint, they did a really good job of visually communicating absolute darkness while still making it visible for us the viewer without just going into full-on silence of the lambs night vision yeah there's a there's a scene where rocky is reaching for alex in the dark and you can see that it's the blind man that's standing right there that's one of the scariest scene moments of the whole movie (laughs) yeah he he moves it just the last second but he she almost touches him and it's like oh oh no oh no (laughs) (laughs) far as like again the way this movie absolutely just treats him and his blindness as he is a monster and this is his monster condition of the horror all the ways that's dehumanizing and badly done but i do think it does a good job of making the most of that premise if you're gonna go that route in just terms of like they don't leave many stones unturned and just turn being trapped in a house and all the ways you could just ramp tension up super high because i did spend most of this movie like with like my throat with my heart like pumping like a jackhammer like this is a tense suspenseful movie especially when it's at its best like in this total darkness scene yeah it really makes this third act turn rough yeah because like yeah like i'm at my high point with the movie at this point and they they get back up and they almost get out and they don't quite make it out alex gets a get fake out killed he gets you know we think he's stabbed with some shears it turns out that you know he's just pulled money's body over him and money has been stabbed with the shears again he gets um alex gets everything like a protagonist should do like he gets a weapon he waits like for an ambush like he's able to struggle and get the gun and yet despite all these things like none of it works out for him yeah this is the ambush well that's the weird thing too is that the movie when they go when they first enter the house the movie takes very deliberate course 
of Chekhov's everything where they have they go through this you know the, the protagonists aren't aware of these things but they're like here is a hammer here is the shears here is the gun under the bed here is the crawl space so we're basically like you know in in, in fair old man's house where we make our scene this is our everything that they could possibly talk about except for the the you know spooky basement i guess you know spooky basement we just is marked as red because it's a basement in michigan but um (laughs) uh yeah the like we have all of that but despite that it doesn't feel to me very satisfying when it actually comes into play because there's not really like i never really feel i never really felt suspense like even even in the downstairs like there was some stuff downstairs with the uh the chase scene in the dark that was cool like the guy how the guy had specific items on the edge of his um he had like these shelves full of pallets of wood i don't know what the fuck but there was they had like specific shelves with you know with the kind of alleyways between them and then he had items set up like the like fans and stuff that were there that he could touch to tell which which alley yeah, he was they showed him navigating by like beams of wood overhead at one point and he's one two three oh yeah turns. yeah and it's like you know it, it's that one of those things great. that if that had been done consistently throughout the movie it would have been like oh they they paid attention to this thing they they really thought about this but it's like only in the scene where everybody else is already in the dark and can't see anything do they like make a point of showing you know how he's how he's dealing with with this um, yeah alex and- initially saved by having the world's puffiest jacket <laughs> right i also yeah. loved that bit earlier when they're trying to get out of the, the place with the girl i'm trying to get out of the basement and alex is like there's a lock on the inside and then rocky says use the keys <laughs> That's the uh, quality of character interaction that we have in this film. Also, there's like eight, there's like 18 keys on that thing. It's going to take him a minute. I mean, at first he doesn't have the keys out though. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has to be reminded. <laughs> oh yeah. Keys. Oh yeah. But no, keys. I, I do think there's some good like moments and setups in terms of tension. Like when Alex is on the glass is on the skylight directly above um, Stephen Lang. And it's like, it's cracking like that's it was like I'm like oh yeah. I'm feeling the tension. Yeah, I, I mean I think we should both we can probably all agree at this point between Alex falling out of the house and having a series of other things happen to him and then Rocky falling a floor and a half onto the back of her neck they should be dead at this point. Oof. Like Oh yeah. She, that she dog... falls onto the back of her neck. Yeah, that dog drop kicks Alex like he's Cruella Deville's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Cruella, but I, I assume that that's. I mean, I've I, just I've only seen the clip of a Dalmatian drop kicking Cruella Deville's mom off a cliff. I'm like, why do I need to see the rest? I've clearly just seen the best part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like the the I I don't know what it's from, but the sheep dog punching dude in face, but um. Yeah, Rocky like Rocky goes into the into the uh, crawl space, which you know Chekhov's crawl space um, through these vents, which are like, I mean, ducts are what you have in a an industrial spe- space, right? You have big human sized ducts that you can crawl around in. This is a I fucking mean- dilapidated ass house in Detroit. I don't know how much room they anticipated. Maybe they just wanted the rats to get in there, but they are. The, this is like easily human-sized space 
in this vent system in the house that Rocky manages to escape through multiple times or, or try almost escapes through multiple times with the dog. Like it's like shadow run. Like the dog comes in and starts like dog, like army crawling as a dog. <laughs> He, again, that dog is so fucking happy during that. Yeah, that's why she's not a weirdog. She she almost gets out and gets yanked out of the the pipes by the the blind man at the last moment, uh, right after he he fake kills Alex, and then like she gets knocked out, and this is where the movie gets real fucking bad, because <laughs> um, she she wakes Did up not and like she's this. yeah she's now in the basement and she's tied up in this harness that they'd seen the girl in. And um, he's sitting there warming something over a Bunsen burner. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, here's the thing. And gives the only the only real speech he gives throughout the entire movie. He's like, that Should girl killed it. my Should daughter. So she's gonna, she was going to give me another one. That's why I kidnapped her and had her down here. Not for vengeance, but because... Uh, I impregnated her with my sperm and uh, she was locked up here until she had a kid and then I was going to let her go. Um, Here's the thing. But he, he wants you to know he's not a rapist. Yeah, no, fellas, if you're ever claiming to not be a rapist while also holding a turkey baster full of semen, something's gone horribly wrong in your life and stop everything you're currently doing. I mean, go to the police and turn yourself her, in. He cuts her, gonna... her clothes presumably her pants and her panties open using what look like bolt cutters i guess are probably shears of some sort and then like is threatening her with a turkey baster from behind well he said he didn't want to wait this time so can i only assume he didn't use the turkey baster before and just tried to engineer a whole beauty and the beast type thing to make her fall in love with him and it just didn't work (laughs) God, I nothing. I mean, that almost did it, but that and no, not quite enough to make this situation less horrible. But like, I mean, also in a harness trapped in the basement. But yeah, so to break this down, he like, um, Alex wakes up and she's like suspended, and then he like racks her up with this in this harness, so she's like hanging with her legs up, not quite like of gynecologist chair but basically sort of kind of that and um and then he takes out his flask of nut from the um from the bunsen burner he's been warming from the fridge yeah go from the refrigerator to the bunsen burner and i'm like dude how long has that been in there like i know this this shit you don't have a high school you don't have the high school from fucking freaky you're you don't have fucking flash freezing in there I don't know how you're waking your boys up. Pretty sure that's not how it works. Also, we get a lot of shots of this flask full of nut. It's so much time is spent. No discretion shots as just this turkey baster fulls itself full of sperm. Yeah, and it has hair in it. It's just None of this is clinical. I don't know. New turkey baster. I know I, it's an old ass turkey baster. Like, dude, you can smell. Well, you question. Yeah, questions I need to know, and I'm horrified to ask. When was the last time you washed that turkey baster? Also, she just watched watched him bury the the other girl's body in a vat tar? Question uh, mark. West, yeah. What? Like hot fudge Sunday, hard shell, and then just lock that up. And then he puts Unfair. it in the floor of the basement under the tiles. So I don't even know what the fuck he's, he's got his, uh, 
he apparently he knows Hannibal Lecter's civil engineer to write this shit off. Um, Remember, this is our good guy in the next movie. I mean, here's a big question for you, right? Say you're a police officer and a teenager, 20-something girl goes missing after having accidentally or otherwise killed somebody's kid with their car. And this, this gentleman is clearly upset by this, feels it was a miscarriage of justice that this girl got away. Say this girl goes missing. Where would you look? I guess. <laughs> who would you question? Who who would you go, you know, who would have probable cause for this girl's disappearance? Jeremy, he's a veteran. He fought for our freedom. Are you implying that this incredibly weird growly man who speaks only in vague cosmic threats is suspicious? <sighs> you know, I maybe I'm stereotyping. I probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he is white. It's true. Although, you know, if you watch any crime serial killer show ever, you you find out that serial killers are usually white dudes. But, you know. I'd like to imagine even a cop took one look at the fucking basement pen and went like, nope, not getting in there. Fuck it. I'm yeah. out. Don't oh, there's pay. no stairs? Oh. Plus, don't forget, we li- this is a horror movie, which means this is a universe where a, the police would be completely ineffectual in every way. As they are in every horror movie. <laughs> the cop's like, I sure. got one week till my pension kicks in. I'm not going down that ladder. Yeah. It's not on my watch. So yeah, like there's so much to unpack about this fucking like turkey baster shit. Like, dude, I understand that you're pissed off about losing your daughter. You accepted a su- settlement, A, and Q, adoption. Or have you thought about the big brother's little brother, like big brother's little brother program? Yeah, like maybe, maybe volunteer with disabled kids. That paperwork is probably not as complicated as you know putting together a fucking murder cushion, uh, pregnant girl terrarium in your basement, or maybe just get back out on the dating game. Yeah, yeah, he's got he settles down. Everybody can find. He some- looks great. You're you're fucking mid sixty, Stephen Lang. You're fucking killing it. I know he's ripped as hell. He's not bad looking, you know. And he also like he he can navigate things by touch. He knows how to grow things in the dark. He he's knows great. how to grow things in the dark. He's yeah. got a lot of skills. He's got he's a got dog. money. He's got a dog. He's got money. Like ladies, he's a catch. Yeah. So also, it is unclear. I mean, where also, all this other money comes from because we know he's a he horrifying got- monster. We know he got a settlement for his daughter, but they end up finding like a million dollars, which is never clarified why it's there, how it's there, where the rest of the money came from. Well, I also question Alex's ability to briefly look inside a dark safe and just eyeball. Yep, that's a million. I know what 300,000 looks like. No, that's a million. Like, that's the thing. So this this whole this whole rape bit. What a terrible like what a terrible bit. Yeah. So just one more time. The twist, the third act twist should never be rape. Just putting yeah. it out there. Yeah, and like this kind of, and there's, I mean, the, the imagery, like he's got the baster and everything and she's screaming and it's like, I'm just saying, it's bad. Um, it's upsetting. And it's not like, it doesn't need to, it's not like it's, it's, it does anything for the horror. You know, it's, it's, we've explained it shouldn't be rape. And this doesn't do anything except confuse the movie's message too, because like we're we're sold this film like 
there's this this uh disabled man who's actually very dangerous okay that sounds interesting um also you know like that's always a, a big red flag for me because i'm like okay this can this could go this could break bad in so many ways and it did but the idea like at first you know they're it, also the fact that he's an army veteran just confuses this issue so much more because now we don't just have physical disability we have mental health issues involved as well and that is extra bad considering how fucked up this dude is that he thinks that the way that he can fix shit for himself is to have a fucking pregnant girl terrarium and like grow another pregnant or grow another daughter and i mean yeah we know that he is a rapist but like the fact that he says he's not a rapist it's still like it's he he says it explicitly like i'm not a rapist i didn't force myself and i'm like what do you think this fucking shit is yeah he can he can say that all he wants doesn't make it true yeah like and yeah. that's the thing too is that why why do we does he even need to say that because it it like he obviously it's it's bad i really needed somebody in the movie to be like hey dude that's rape like yeah just so you know that is also rape you know that yeah like it's not just the p like you yeah. anything there you look it up fucking alex call alex i, and I would alex say forget the turkey for baster just the like cutting open of her pants in that violent way is enough to you know that's like that's already sexual assault. oh yeah like, that's oh, yeah. that's well, a lot that's <laughs> jail i all the way to jail even yeah. just having her like chained up and suspended in that way is bad i mean that's that's all sorts of shit unless it's consensual i mean it's it's not though. <laughs> I mean, if you if, if you want to suspend each other, you know, and everybody's cool with it, sure, yeah. fine. Wear a harness. Yeah, that's sus- great. Yeah, wear harnesses. Be safe. Do what you but, want. But like, that's the thing is that you know we, we didn't even we didn't need turkey. We didn't need basting. We didn't need hairy nut. Mm-hmm. Any of that shit. Which yeah. I it's, it mystifies me that in the credits of this film, they kind of go back and explore the house, and there's a credit car like one of the the credit um stills that they use is that shot that from above shot of the semen on his bunsen burner and i'm like why are we 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 don't need to revisit this movie i want to for i wanted to forget it the second that you introduced it to us yeah it it seems it's very i man i don't want to describe any motivations to anybody but it has this very bro-y thing of like all scary shit is the is equally scary shit and you know everything is fair game which it's like if that's if that's the movie you want to watch then that's your own fucking thing but like subjecting people to that shit especially like at the start of the third act when like it's been an entirely different movie up to that point there has not been a whiff of sexual assault up to that point Um, to just suddenly make this a fucked up rape thing in the third act is like it's it's bad filmmaking and it's just a fucking ambush for your audience that like nobody it's, agreed to. It's so uncomfortable and it's so jarring and it took me so far out of this. Yeah. I like after that, that dark chase scene, like I was pretty into this movie for something that I went in having this like, oh, I've read a lot of people that are like not, not too keen on the ableism, you know, sort of around this movie and the, uh, sort of the lack of attention paid to uh, people who had issues with it and the fact that they cast a non-blind man as this blind man and proceeded to make him villainous. Um, you know, despite all of that, I was like, all right, I'm kind of into like the action of this movie. 
and then I, at this I point do, it just it it destroyed any interest i had in this movie i i yeah. do feel for the casting director if they i feel like must be blind mid-60s and super ripped and all three of that that sounds like a tough tough gag for the casting director maybe yeah. you find an old blind mind and like look we're putting you through the marvel workout process I, yeah, I mean, there's you start with the blind man and you start with a blind old man and then you get him ripped. <laughs> yeah, well, the, and just coming back, like, I'm, I'm sort of still I'm I'm still here just um, fuming over the fact that you have this movie that starts with some kind of message about the, the ability of this blind veteran. Right. And so obviously we have a little bit of, of sympathy set up and then. I don't I'm like this is just so bad and yeah, wrong because I, I think like like I was saying like having him as the guy defending his home who is violent who is vengeful who goes a little too far uh, in you know straight up killing these these people who are trying to murder him uh, at no point do they stop trying to steal from him by the way like yeah he is as as twisted and, and fucked up as it is at no point is he wrong in like you know getting trying to get rid of these kids who are still trying to steal from him as this movie is going on at yeah. no put down point, the million dollars they don't offer to leave it at no um, point do the characters put their put their own lives and safety before the money getting the yeah. money always takes priority over getting out if, and being alive if there's anything positive about alex as a character it's that there is a point where alex is like hey we should call the cops. If the cops come, they're not going to give a shit about us stealing stuff when they discover this girl who's been locked in the basement and murdered by this guy. Yeah. And Rocky says, but then I won't get this million dollars. I don't think we should call the cops. Also, Which, the like, girl's like very, I mean, they, she's probably yeah. not completely ir- unretrievable, but. Which moot point, because Rocky in the end does call the cops and then just gets away before they arrive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's the last couple of, of things is like Alex, who hasn't really been murdered, shows up and rescues her. They lock the blind man up down there in some shackles and decide they're going to get the fuck out of there. No a- sooner are they getting the fuck out of there than he shows back up and murders Alex. Look, the real reason that Alex dies, like his fatal flaw, is that he took off his poofy jacket. That jacket's so poofy. It's got it's know. got a full giant like twelve inch gardening shears worth of poof. That jacket could have stopped those bullets, no problem. I, but it would have been really easy to hear. What really what really gets Alex killed is that he's so vanilla that he doesn't know how to properly tie somebody up. So yeah, he, he improperly uh, ties this guy up, and apparently he just rips the shackles off the fucking walls to come murder them. Uh, well, I mean, this place is dilapidated as hell, but like. The also he get the um Rocky deep throats him with the fucking turkey baster too. And he seems to oh, recover that from made that. Me gag. I legitimately thought I was going. I came so close to actually throwing up. Uh, I yeah. have a we- I have a weak stomach. Like that almost legitimately just fucking did me in. That was so gross. I hope it was just like cinnamon bun frosting. <laughs> All I can assume is as they're as they were writing this scene, they were like. This is like Sydney and Scream turning the tables on them in the, you know, in the final act, and it's like that's, no, that's <laughs> exactly. I feel like more than anything else, that's like what you were talking about—that broy sense of like, yeah, man, it's all on the table. God, uh, yeah. It's, it's so 
yeah, she she gets away, and then the dog chases her, and they have a, a fight in the car. She manages to trap the dog in the car and is immediately recaptured by the blind man and dragged back. We are begin- we are back at the opening of the movie, which is where we see him dragging her down the street. Um, I don't enjoy the, like... I mean, Rick and Morty did such a good job making fun of it, but did we need to start with him dragging her down the street? I, like, did, no did, did it feel like it. when we get to it, it's like, oh, now we've come full circle. I don't, I didn't understand before, but now I do. And it was exactly what I thought based off the summary of the movie. Record scratch freeze frame. Yeah, it's, it's wholly unnecessary. So you're um, probably wondering how I got here. By the way, I'm the dog. <laughs> no, that's yeah. Uh, <sighs> still not going to save this movie, but um, the, <laughs> not yeah. even if the dog provided voiceover narration. <laughs> um, even even the dog's like, "Hey, master, that's not how it works." <laughs> right, I would like to let you know that this isn't going to help anything. Yeah, it's it's, and I mean, the the last scene is you know, literally she takes advantage of his super hearing to you know turns on the the alarm and uses him not being able to hear where she is to beat up this blind old man. If you've seen the 2003 Daredevil movie, and remember when Colin Farrell starts ringing all the church bells to throw Daredevil off balance, it's pretty much that. Yeah. But Gandalf's ladybug comes to the rescue. Yeah, man. The ladybug ladybug imagery. I don't need it. I don't need the ladybug thing that doesn't need to be there. This will be the last... Like, this will be the last time I mark my body. It's like, you're the one who gave yourself all those shitty tattoos. No one made you do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That, like, that, that, what the fuck was that about? I don't know. Don't bag on getting tattoos for starters. Or, or get better tattoos. Or, yeah, like, I don't know what the fuck. Anyway, yeah, this is a lot. This is a lot. If this movie was just, like, her at the beginning with the ladybug, and then... She's like, she, you know, even the trunk story is really sad, but then she tells the tr- trunk story and then you just get rid of the entire movie. And then just to have her like on the ground and just cut to her on the ground in the guy's foyer with the ladybug on her. And then she's like, oh, ladybug. Like that would be a pretty decent short film. <laughs> I mean, it has just as many plot holes as the, as the long film does. Yeah. But I mean, she, at least it, she knocks him down into the basement where he bleeds and he get impaled by something i didn't see no no he just stabbed him he just fell and hurt his back yeah he just yeah threw out his back fucking and knew that basement pit was a safety hazard she she fucking leaves him there and runs off the cops are arriving you know she runs off with her bag of money and uh we get a, a short obligatory scene at the end of like her and her sister at the train station i guess waiting to run away and they see some news footage that shows that the old man has survived and that somehow they did not find any sign of, of any of his wrongdoing except for the fact that he had killed the two uh, people who were there. Uh, yeah, the, big you know. question on what, on how they never found the dead body of the woman he kidnapped. I guess you know he in buried the, and tarted underground or whatever. But yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's right. He did tarter. They did. didn't go in that basement in and go barrel. like, "Hey, he clearly had somebody fucking locked up here." Yeah. Well, let's get some DNA samples and figure out what the fuck's going on. Here's a whole cupful. Here's a turkey oh, baster full. Because like obviously he he didn't have like I don't know if he had just like a freezer full of nut 
And they, um, they do a whole thing like he's going to show back up in the end where they're like showing them walking away through the terminal. And it's like, is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? And he doesn't. He doesn't so show back up. What I thought then is, OK, what the sequel then is, it's going to be Rocky in L.A. and he's coming after her. He's hunting her down. And then it's like apartment building. Now we're in the city and it's bigger. But oh, he's like still too. Exactly. And instead they went Terminator 2 where it's like, now he's the good guy. And an even mm. worse blind guy shows up. <laughs> Fucking Helen Keller comes If back a shape-shifting blind police officer shows up in the next <laughs> don't breathe. God. Yeah, instead it just looks like the it looks like he's gonna be fighting the bad guys from the first John Wick movie. Um, oh my god. Shitty gangster guys. Also, it looks like he's in the post apocalypse in, in the second one because Yeah, I think it's just it's just Michigan. Yeah. But yeah, so like this movie right, same diff. I okay. So there's I, I wanna say like at the very end of the movie when they're talking about the the newscast on the screen of the TV that is whatever. I don't care how convenient it is. This is not the bone to pick with this film. I have a lot of hairs to split, and that's not one of them. Uh. The newscaster says he fought for our country in Iraq, being like, yay, veteran. So that in and of itself says something, because now in the movie, in canon, they're like, oh, he's just a helpless old veteran. The cops are cool. And, you know, I mean, they are cops in Michigan. He is a white dude, sure. But, like, what are you trying to say, movie? Like, are you saying that... I'm worried that if this sequel does real well and we eventually keep getting more franchise, like, entries in it, eventually we're going to get, like, Don't Breathe 4, where it's going to be the prequel of him in the Gulf, like, in, like, the Gulf War. And like the blind Iraqi who then made him blind in a cycle of blind murder monsters. And he was actually blinded by some kind of demon or something. It's like a Fucking forge story where he's he's fighting Scott, in the war with his guy. Scott and Eastwood is playing him as a young dude. Exactly. No one wants a movie headlined by Scott Eastwood. But then the, the demon, the whole idea is that the, he's he like gives up his sight to quell the demon because otherwise the demon is going to destroy the world unless he like impregnates these women with turkey basters. Fucking keep an eye on how Don't Breathe 2's box office does. And then we'll be back in two years if they end up start doing this, because if it does well enough, that's inevitable. Yeah. So just just to fucking recap, we've watched the the um, the preview, the, the trailer for Don't Breathe 2, Electric Boogaloo. And... Yeah, he's the protagonist and he has a wife and child. I don't think it's a wife and child. I think it's mm-hmm. more just like I moved here and you're the likable neighbor family that I have like become a surrogate father so figure. He's a murder protege, uh, little girl and her mom, I guess. I mean, he's running drills on how she can survive. Essentially, if she runs into him, like, I don't know, it's wild. Maybe maybe he's like trying how, to train how her did, to kill him. It's like, like hit zomb- girl, it's but like a has- zombie drill thing. Yeah, um, it's like right. how often do you think she's going to be facing like robbing like murderous blind people? This doesn't come. This isn't a thing that happens to most people once. Never mind multiple times. Yeah, um, so let's 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 talk about our talking points here. Because um, I mean, we've already been doing it anyway. Uh, let's get it out of the way. LGBTQIA. This movie is painfully straight. Yeah, so so straight. so straight. So straight that they can't. Uh, money. There's one girl there. Uh, both of the 
guys her own age uh, like her, and the old man wants to impregnate her. Money has a line uh, to express how much he cares about Rocky, says, and I quote, that's my bitch in there, end quote. Yeah, yeah, cool movie, cool. Is this movie feminist? Nah. No. No. I mean, Rocky um, is capable yeah. for the most part. That's nice, but... We've seen, I mean, being a not terrible final girl is not enough after how many horror movies we've seen. If this movie had a different third act, maybe. Like, oh yeah, yeah, different third act. Like, like if this movie has a different third act, I think our attitudes towards it are much different and much more forgiving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to to jump on to the uh, the question of of race in this movie, uh, it would still be racist. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. This movie still has only one character of color, and he's the fucking worst. Still want to know where they're like, hey, what? Let's make some real inflammatory racist background news stories for no fucking reason. Yeah, yeah that it's... was a choice. Again, I just want to know what. Again, that had, it was a choice. You had to choose to do that. Why? All I can figure is is they were looking at it as like this is how the news is really talking. This is what the news is like, and they were like, you know, trying to. I don't know, set the tone for this movie, but it really just comes off as just even fucking worse. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And the cartoon I gangster. I mean, like, I think it's the cartoon gangster was, you know, just the the poor writing of a cartoon gangster. I mean, honestly, money. just flip the races of the characters. If you make the the nice guy, the, you know, Latino guy, and you make the shitty wannabe gangster from Detroit a white guy. It's not like there's a precedent for that or anything, Eminem. <laughs> I will. Um, also, uh, that is totally fair. But I do think the Alex character would be a hell of a lot better if he was played by Zolo Maradona, uh, the kid from Cobra Kai. I haven't seen Cobra Kai. It's real good, and he's real good in it. And I super freaking hope he's going to be cast as Jaime Reyes for Blue Beetle. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that covers social justice. Class in this movie um, exists. Everybody's Detroit. poor. Um, Detroit I mean, is in a bad condition. Uh, it's news to everybody. It's definitely Rocky's backstory. And Alex is just being seemingly middle class. But then we see so little just muddles it. And again, we get no motivation for why he's doing crime other than like, it's what Rocky's doing like, and he wants to follow her. Rocky has a backstory and it's established. Alex has a backstory, but they don't bother to tell us what it is. Like the way that he's saying like he can't leave his dad makes it seem like there's something going on with his dad. Like it's serious, but we don't ever see that relationship play out but on screen. We don't, yeah. we don't see it. We don't see him interact with the dad. And then 15 minutes later, he's like, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'll come with you to California. Yeah, and uh, the money is just the fucking worst. He doesn't have any any background, any point of view, any family, anything like that. All the only person no he knows that we know of is a fence. So yeah, God, it it's not good. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it makes some play at class existing, but doesn't have anything interesting to say about it. Um, other than it sucks to be poor. Um, yeah, and fuck rich people. Newsflash: pee on their yeah. floor and kidnap their daughters. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so how do we feel about the way this movie handles physical and mental disability? Bad, bad, yeah, bad. Um, yeah. So 
I'm, I think I said a lot of that earlier, especially when I'm talking about the, the mental health thing, him being a veteran and you know, that the fact that he's a veteran and that he does fucked up things, you cannot divorce that people are going to link that because of the very, very real toll and very tragic real toll that doesn't turn, doesn't like necessarily turn people into monsters. It's, it's in, that is also infuriating just because, you know, it is a trope and more often than not, it just makes for the racist uncle. But in this case, the, the character is literally a monster and he has a weird demon voice when he does talk. He does so have he, a demon voice. Why does he have a demon voice? He's just yeah, fully this, dehumanized. This man had, until at some point in the recent past, a wife and daughter. And uh, what were his wedding vows like? He just presumably, like he can talk. He's not a creature in living in the dark that just learned how to talk for to deliver this monologue or whatever. Like he's I, there's no reason for him to sound like this. That's established <laughs> in the movie. The movie's uh, not interested in having a blind character in showing the blind experience and depicting yeah. that. The movie is coming at from the standpoint of like, dude, 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 I just had the coolest idea for like a horror movie monster, like this blind murder guy. So they're trapped in the house of him, but he can't see him, but he's hunting him down. And it feels like just they started with that premise and then they just ran with it with no thought at all about how they were actually portraying the disability yeah because yeah fiddy alvarez in a lot of the interviews he's talked about uh how they came up with this idea was they were like oh yeah you know a lot of these slashers in these movies have some sort of supernatural ability that you've added to their you know normal stuff that gives them the ability to take these guys down what if you know we took something away from this character and then you know made them dangerous uh but, you know, unable to do something normal. So, like, that's how they came up with the idea of making him blind. The disability is... serves the plot, not the character. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's really clear in that a lot of a lot of people in the disability community have talked at to uh, this movie as about, you know, how it portrays disability and how it deals with disability. And um, the fact that they, they didn't bother to... Uh, even attempt to cast a you know disabled person in this role and he doesn't really seem to care um yeah you know, he, he's given people a lot of like sort of you know half-ass answers about you know portraying disabled people as, as capable and things like that but like um i don't know there's it's capable really and then there's murder monsters yeah because i think i think legitimately if you just go with the first two-thirds of this movie and it, it ends without that twist and without all that shit that like there's an argument to be made that this is you know other than the casting does not have a real issue with ableism but the moment that you like get down into the basement and you start and you make this guy a literal monster which is like a thing that is constantly done to disabled people in all media yeah. but specifically in film yeah. The, the point that you make this guy a literal monster who is, you know, forcing himself on women is like, that's a big fucking problem. The um, first two thirds of the movie are, is something that, like, I would recommend to horror movie fans. And then the last third happens and becomes a movie I recommend to nobody. Yeah, I we've watched movies 
in here like Resident Evil that like I just laughed at Resident Evil. Like it's not a good movie. It's pretty stupid, but it was fun to watch. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. This movie made so me dumb. angry. Like yeah. the, yes. the the adeptness with which they bombed their own movie in the third act, like with which they consciously decided, fuck it. We we're done making a, a good or interesting or sensitive in any way There's... horror movie. We're just gonna fuck it all up. Is yeah, really there's made so me mad. much. There's so much technical excellence. Like the amount they're able to, the amount of story intention and scenarios they're able to get out of like the plot, out of the one setting of this house. Like there's a lot of really good filmmaking and directing. And then, wow, does it just poop the bed and then explode itself? Yeah, so much of honestly, the directing and the cinematography of this movie are fantastic. Like, yeah, uh, I there are balance. several scenes that are, are filmed in ways that like that I just like I I loved them. They were innovative. They were interesting. They were well done. It really it really just didn't want me to like it. <laughs> like, yeah, it felt like I was like, oh, I want to like this movie, and it was like, fuck you. Like, if we ever do like, don't breathe too which again looks way more like just an action movie than a horror movie. Like I don't, based off this movie, based off the last third of this movie, I have no idea how I buy this character as a protagonist. Again, like you were saying, based off the first two thirds, this guy who was protecting himself, who had had his home like invaded and was being robbed of all of his money and went to violent extremes out of anger and hurt. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. The character they give us in the last third? No, I can never. I no. can't accept that character. Yeah, yeah. that dude with the turkey baster? I don't want to root for him. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not into yeah. that. And all I can figure is that sometime between, like, when he goes, like, some point when he's in the hospital after Don't Breathe and whenever Don't Breathe 2 takes on, like, starts up, somebody must have handed him a pamphlet about adoption and just, like, you know, <laughs> told him about the concept of adoption and he was like, oh, I don't have to brutally force a woman to have a child for me. I could, like, look out for a kid that wasn't my own originally. So, huh. I mean, that's also, like, I feel like that that br- brings us back to how painfully straight the movie is. Because it's like, the only kind of child rearing is, you know, P and V, and then you make one. Like, what the fuck is this, the 17th, like, 13th century? Yeah. I mean, as but- you mentioned, like, mix it... The, the idea of him being a veteran and potentially having PTSD and potentially having these like unresolved mental issues just further muddies this yeah. thing of like, oh, is is this guy a monster because he was in a war and that fucked him up? Um, well, that doesn't make people rape people and hide them in their basements. Hopefully. Yeah, and that's that's the main thing I was really pissed off about with that because like you know the blindness is one thing and that's that's a physical disability and that's something that you know you can make into an interesting story about somebody defend like as you said but now the the monstrousness of him and that's the thing is that like he can be scary as a guy defending his own house because now we have we're seeing him through the eyes of the protagonist like i think that could be an interesting um close-ups on him in the absolute darkness sequence when he's strangling Alex and we get like real intense close-ups, like that's the most terrifying he is like in the whole film, I think. Like, yeah. when, like when he's just absolute darkness and he is just strangling 
like the protagonists. Yeah, like, from and absolute like absolute darkness. You can have a you can have a solid solid movie about that. I mean, the the, the kidnapping thing. I still think like the the third act of this movie needed to give me a little bit something not just not be there but something needed to happen that would sort of resolve especially the girl in the basement but you know whatever like that that's not the movie that that we're reviewing it's just well because to me like once we get that it's like okay we can call the cops but then we have to give up the money it's like okay here's ricky's character arc she has to choose not greed and then yeah. she never does that. She always she always chooses the money. Yeah. She yeah. never doesn't choose the money. Yeah, and, and that's another thing where you can have the movie where he's still coming after them. And then, you know, maybe the girl in the basement was somebody who tried to rob him before. And then, blah, blah, you know, like, whatever. I don't, you know, again, it's not the movie. There's just a lot. There's a bunch of things that I could suggest that it, that aren't this movie than, and the choices that this movie made and be exponentially better. But, um the the idea of this guy being a monster and a veteran and you know the the correlation there is just really bad um and there is um there are few things less existentially disconcerting to me personally than somebody say committing rape and saying i'm not a rapist and that's a whole that's Fuck. Oh my there's God. so many there's so much shit in this that's never addressed yeah and it's that's, that's not addressed i mean yeah he's he's you know he's deep-throated on his own turkey baster but he fucking bounces right back from that like you, there's no satisfying there's no satisfaction to that revenge that um rocky ultimately get the the movie was just about as indecisive as alex was probably more indecisive about what it wanted to say and and how once we got past the fact that oh he's blind you know and then after that it just fucking broke horribly bad so um so i guess that leads to that our last question is uh do you recommend this movie no no not in the least no uh just give me the ladybug cut (laughs) yeah i man there is there is a whole good movie in here somewhere that is entirely just like stuffed in a trash bag and has a rock wrapped around it and thrown in the the river at the end of it like you know it's they they murdered it i I, yeah it makes me very angry at least the movie's short there were ways that this movie like Hell, it would have been so much easier for this movie to have been flawed, but still mostly worked. Like, I feel like they had to go out of their way and get more creative in order to fucking torch this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a damn shame, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's it's fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend this this movie to anybody. I don't. The second I, one is coming out uh, by the when we release this. It'll be a week before. The second one comes out, man. I don't know what that's when that one's gonna be like. The trailer looks wild. Like they they've made the you know the bad guy of this movie the protagonist and straight up like, fucking Rambo now. Again, um, when they did that in Terminator, it was just it was a completely separate robot that still just happened to look the same. Still totally different a, robot. Maybe it's the guy's twin brother. I, my recommendation is gonna be. You know what? If you want to see a blind person kicking ass and being awesome and not feel weird and uncomfortable and terrible, uh, check out Netflix's Daredevil. Marvel Netflix's Daredevil. Yeah. Presented by Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> um, watchable. I, I watched all of it. Yeah. I still haven't seen the last season of Daredevil. At some point, I've got to I mean, see it, I guess. The, 
I don't know. It's in terms of superhero shows, it's okay. It's it's does a lot of shark fin ballet, but I mean, it is it is Daredevil, mm. and he is fighting the Foot Clan. I mean, the Hand Clan. The Foot Clan is the other guys. Yeah, the Foot the Turtle clan. guys. Yeah, the parody that ended up being better. Uh, so Emily, what do you recommend? If you want something that has good, if you want a horror movie that uses a disability in a creative way that isn't super problematic, definitely recommend A Quiet Place. That one involves uh, aliens that can't see, but they can hear you real good. There's a protagonist, the deaf protagonist helps her family survive in ways. And that's that's actually like, it also has the, basically the same title graphic on uh, the streaming services as don't breathe, but it's a better film. If you're also interested in seeing some sort of uh, horror fantasy fun movie with characters with disability that is uh, also less problematic, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, that's actually a, a legit empowering film. Um, and uh, I also heard about there's this video game called Granny where you are going through a house trying to survive the slasher who is the granny of the house and you're trying to it's this old woman that lives in the house um and i haven't played it but i hear it got good reviews and it's a similar concept to this um make me realize that a hack and slash hack slash video game would be awesome yeah well and i looked at a bunch of other recommendations for for films um that feature characters with disability there's wait until dark um, which I have not seen in a really long time if, I, if, if I've seen all of it. Um, and then uh, there's a, there is a very rare film called Defula, and it is basically Dracula, but all done with ASL. So it's, it's from 1975, um, and you might be able to find it on YouTube, but it's, yeah, it's basically the movie Dracula. I don't know how... Um, how good the representation is, but the entire film is done in ASL. So uh, that's an interesting one. Just sort of um, incredibly progressive for the time. Um, sadly, under underused and under under known about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I absolutely agree with uh, with a quiet place. Um, I, I enjoyed that movie. I haven't seen the second one yet, so I can't really recommend that. But the it does have you know the same actress playing a, a disabled uh, girl, a deaf girl. Um, what I would recommend if people haven't seen it, and I definitely want to talk about it on on here at some point, is Hush, which is uh, it's a 2018 movie that is uh, a slasher, you know, home invader kind of movie about. Uh, a girl named Maddie who is uh, who is deaf and who uh, has her home invaded by a, you know a, a slasher a, a guy who is murdering for no good reason um, but is you know sort of defending her house trying to survive against this guy who is you know obviously vastly underestimated her and because it, it deals a lot with uh, with you know a, a person who lives alone as a as a disabled person and has a lot of accommodations which they have put into place uh to help them and even though i i do not believe uh katie siegel who plays maddie is actually uh disabled uh they see they go to great lengths to think about the character's disability as an important part of of who they are um you know and it's not just a 
sort of an afterthought, like a lot of this stuff felt like, or a, a weird feature of the movie. Um, uh, what I would also recommend, um, the, the one other one that, that came to mind uh, that deals with disability in, in horror movies is uh, Silver Bullet, which is a uh, old werewolf movie, uh, which stars, I believe, Corey Haim as yep. a uh, kid who is, is in a wheelchair uh, fighting werewolves along with, uh, I can't remember the girl's name, the girl who plays Anna Vavinley in the old uh, Anna Vavinley movie. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, I don't remember her name either. As well. Uh, I'll probably remember it at some point in the near future. Um, but that's a, that's a movie I love as well. It's uh, not an incredibly well-made movie. It, it is based off a Stephen King short story, um, but it's a, a lot of fun. Um, what I would recommend people check out, uh, you know, we, we talked to some folks about uh, coming on here to talk about this as far as, uh, you know, disability rights advocates. We weren't able to get anybody whose schedule quite worked out to get it on here, but... Uh, I did talk to uh, Elsa Shenenson, who uh, is is on Twitter, um, and is her website is snarkbat.com, and she's written an entire book that's coming out in uh, I believe in October about uh, it's called Being Seen, and a lot of it is about the uh, the way that people with disabilities are shown in film, and uh, she did say she was specifically talking about um, Don't Breathe in that movie. Um, so that is definitely worth checking out. Uh, there is also a series of articles. There, there's an article on the, the website for the Center for Disability Rights uh, by Dominic Evans called uh, Don't Breathe Uses Blindness as a Plot Device While Casting a Seeing Actor, which talks a lot about the way that um, both, you know, that they are using uh, blindness as a plot device and the ways in which uh, they sort of, especially the trailer uses blindness to like pitch this movie without really engaging it in any sort of interesting way yeah um, there's also sort of a there's a article on horror homeroom called uh, disability and don't breathe by laura kremel uh, which is sort of this really well put together academic article about how disability is portrayed in this movie um, and i also uh, on firesidefiction.com uh, John Wiswell wrote an article called Evil Isn't a Disability, um, all about sort of the, the history of, of treating disabled people in movies as, um, you know, villainous monsters, um, and how this movie does not differ from that, unfortunately. Um, all, all of those are, are worth seeking out and worth checking out, and I think uh, talk about some of this stuff with a bit more, with a bit more knowledge than we do, although maybe not the, the just level of irate hatred that i feel <laughs> towards the end of this movie <laughs> uh, that i think yeah all of us accurate <laughs> yeah yeah um well with all that said uh that that wraps us up uh emily where can people find you online um mega moth on twitter mega underscore moth on instagram Megamoth on Tumblr, Patreon, megamoth.net on the interwebs. Check out Princeless, wherever fine books are sold independently of Amazon. And uh, Ben, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at, at BenTheCon. Uh, you can find uh, my website at BenConComics.com. Renegade Rule is out in stores now, and you can pre-order the graphic novel tie-in to Ubisoft's Immortals Phoenix Rising. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome58, that's J-R-O-M-E-5-8. 
I am at jeremywhitley.com. Uh, you can pre-order the second book of School for Extraterrestrial Girls, which is uh, coming out in September or October um, and uh, is going to be a free comic book day release. So you can check out the uh, some of the first chapter and some of the uh, previous book for free on free comic book day. Um, as for the podcast itself, Progressively Horrified is on Patreon at patreon.com slash progressively horrified. It's on Twitter at prog horror pod. And the website is progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm. If you're listening and you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. Share with your friends. That's the only way for us to, to get bigger and grow the audience and um, get more of this stuff out there. And we do enjoy doing this uh, podcast with each other and for you guys, uh, which is why we would like to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Ben and Emily, for, for joining me here tonight. Of course. Absolutely. We love screaming about movies with you. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and this one, there was, I feel like we did an unusual amount of screaming at this one. They, it warranted it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If it didn't want to be yelled at, it shouldn't have done things that made it deserve to be yelled at. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you saying it asked for it? Oh, shit. Don't put it like, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit, you flip that, that out. You flip that around on me. No, don't cut that. Oh. <laughs> well. No. And on no. that note, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks of all stripes. Yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about Hellraiser 2 with our friend Alon Eleven, who we talked about the first one with. We're much more excited about that one. It's definitely going to be gayer than this. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Hellbound. So until next week, stay horrified. Progressively Horrified was created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, and Emily Martin. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own, not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole of Six, and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at progressivelyhorrified at gmail.com. Uh, did everyone watch the trailer for Don't Breathe 2? Oh, shit. No, I didn't. I was going no, to. I haven't watched it yet. Hold on. Let me, let me do that right now. Yeah, because. Let me see if it'll let me do the share screen. Um... Yeah, because I, I do feel like it'll be worth talking about, like, for at least a little bit. Yeah. And we could have, like, a live watch. Because we are being this Oh, session. we are recording, yeah. Recording. I'm Fede Alvarez. We are thrilled to give IGN viewers this exclusive sneak peek at our new film, Don't Breathe 2. Only in theaters, August 13. Hope you enjoy. Ooh, the, the, that preview to the trailer.
failed. The gun is in my hand. Sorry. I'll make it next time. You almost got me, didn't you, boy? We had a lot of fun today. I could take her home next week. No. Home is safe. They're giving him the full-on protagonist treatment. Shadow! It's Taken starring Old Man Daredevil. I... The, him hanging out with a child is real cool. I like that he's a protector of, like, women now. It's, uh... What do you want? Consistent. You're coming with us, kid. you need to be scared of little girl but the man standing next to you now i don't know who he is but i know who he's not should i tell her or you this post-apocalyptic he's gonna come for me no. i think it's just in detroit this is just so, an act, or at least rural Michigan, I imagine. They use the same line from the original trailer that isn't actually in the movie. Oh, there's the hammer. But. So this is just like the trailer for the first movie where he's murdering everybody in the trailer. Like the trailer for the first one gives away everything about the movie. Apparently they figured out that he can sense vibrations. At least the, the, the writers did. Finally found I've, home in the mountains. I've got a lot of thoughts about him just being the protagonist. Yeah. I 